I'm very familiar with the wall. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah, I've been pretty. I've been pretty close to it. I spent quite not a your bit first time, time. Spent quite a bit of time dangling over the side of that wall. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to Lifecast. I'm Frankie Palermo, the AOB for Life Collingwood, and today we're taking a deep dive into the world of street art with the prolific street artist Mysterious Al. Al, how are you? Morning, mate. What are we looking at right now, and where are we standing? Well, we're standing on Langridge Street, and we are looking at the giant wall that uh, <laughs> I painted for you guys at Life. Hell yeah. Uh, was it earlier this year? It kind of feels like yesterday and years ago, but I was just saying how familiar I am with that wall because I spent a long time dangling over the side of it in a shoddy basket. <laughs> <laughs> So if you look at the wall, we're just looking at it right now for you guys that are listening. The wall's kind of made out of these prefabricated concrete slabs. And what we actually did is we used the cracks in those slabs as a grid. So first of all, I got the schematic at like the, the elevation of the side of the wall and I laid the artwork over that. And then that kind of already gave us a grid to work to. Shortly after we'd finished though, some idiot spilled something down the side of it and it had these two big drips going down it for ages and uh, <laughs> I had to get one of the guys, someone in a rope to go down and fix it. But I'm glad they did. I remember that and I thought it was bird crap for the longest yeah, time. Yeah, it was cement. Okay. Some wally up the top there. There you go, mystery solved. The side of it. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> How long would you say it took you to actually knock all that up? Actually, I think we did it in, you know, I think five or eight days. But I had a team. Uh, they've got a bit more experience in like sketching up giant things like that. Yeah. I haven't. So if you had to compare this piece of work to just your common street art on the side of the wall in an alleyway, what's the difference in amount of work just for scale? Well. The weird thing is I don't really do kind of common street art anymore. Gone are the days of 10 of us lined up against a wall and we've all got our little section. I want to have the whole thing, you know, so I want to do a whole wall or a whole building or a whole something. It's not that I don't get along with other people, it's just the fact that, you know, it's, it, it's hard for me to know where my work stops, all right? And so my work has come to a point where it needs to take over, it, it needs to dominate. I want to someone to look along the skyline and see my piece and it's just like, it's like someone headbutting you in the face mm. and then giving you a kiss. Honestly, don't know of any other art hotel that has done this scale of work. I think this might be the, you know, the biggest in the world or one of them. You know what, let's just say it is. Yeah. Until I mean, proven otherwise. But seriously. Yeah. You know, it's absolutely massive. So, so we're just heading back to life now and we're passing by the Dyson Cordial Factory. This actually used to be one of your workshops, right? Yeah, so I actually think that that far corner there, mm. I actually think that's where my studio was. Oh, okay. Um, it was actually this whole building, mm. but the warmest, driest place in the building was a, uh, a room in that kind of corner, sort of almost here where we are. 
So we're now on the Langridge entrance to the Life Building and we're, well, do you want to tell us what we're looking at, Al? Sure, so we're looking at another huge mural. This one is 20 metres by 8 metres. Mm. And I painted this one as a collaboration with Brolger, who is an artist friend of mine. He was in Melbourne for a little while. He's living up on the beach now, uh, up in New South Wales, which was convenient, actually, because it meant that he couldn't actually come and paint the wall. <laughs> so I had to paint his bits for him as well. Nice one, Brolger. I'm never going to let that slide. My work is deliberately devoid of narrative. I like people to draw their own conclusions by looking at my stuff. I like it to just be, I don't want to say mysterious enough. I want to give people just enough to kind of make up their own story. There's elements in my stuff, like my big eye shape, my kind of wobbly lines, for want of a better explanation, and my polka dots. And then within that, Brogan's nestled some of his styles. You know, there's yeah. some of his patterned bits and a tiger face in the middle. And actually, you can see that from the hotel windows, which is brilliant. We were up there on the scaffold for, I think, two weeks jamming our paintbrushes into all those little cracks. Oh, no. It was character building, let's put it yeah, that way. Yeah, but <laughs> honestly, it was really worth the effort. Even in a grey day like today, this wall looks great. And when it's a bright, sunny day with the blue mm. sky, the blue sky can actually match the blue of that, and it really sings. So we're just heading up now to the fourth floor. Each floor has some really awesome features, one of them being some more artwork by Mysterious L, and if you come down you notice that each floor has a different colour, different kind of style. So I was going to do all of level four, all of the artworks in every room would be shades of pink, hmm. and then green for level three, blue for two, etc. But when we were testing it we found that those colours are just kind of quite hard to live with in a room. You know, like they look great in a lobby like this, but to be in a room that's just sort of all blue or all pink, like it was it, interesting. It, it was difficult yeah. and, and it wasn't the right call. So quite early on, after we'd done that test, I sort of made the call to go, okay, actually the, the greens are the most livable. They are the kind of the most neutral colors. Yeah. And by using two shades of green and black, which is what we did in every room, you can still have something that's striking, but it's also livable and, and like mellow and it doesn't, doesn't get on your nerves. Where did your like obsession with street art start? Do, do, is there like a definitive moment that you have where you're like, damn, I really need to like pursue this? Uh, it's always been what I wanted to do. Yeah. You know, and it's always been obvious since I was a little kid. You know, I've never had any interest, really, in anything else. I don't care about much else, mm. but, you know, if I wasn't making a living out of doing this, I'd still be doing it anyway. That's the thing about art, like, it's always with you. I had a day job all the way up until, like, 2007, 
18, I mean, that's when my daughter was born. And the evenings and the weekends were for making my art, you know, and sending paintings off to art fairs or, you know, group shows and things like that. But then after my daughter was born, guess what? No time now for side hustle. Yeah. So, you know, I didn't have time to look after Marnie, have a day job and do art. So something had to go, right? Marnie can't go, obviously. Yeah. And I was never going to give up art, so I quit my day job. It lit a fire under me, and I think that was probably the moment when it's like, okay, you've got to take this seriously now, yeah. and you can't fuck it up mm. at all. But the thing that took me the most by surprise is how it changed people's attitude. This is my job now. But people just started to take me a bit more seriously. I've checked a good three, right. four times this morning. Okay. So we're in uh, room four or five. Oh, it's great, this room. Yeah, this, this one's one of my favorites, yeah. having all the windows laid out wow. like this. I don't think I've been in this room. As if, this, this is like the, the moneymaker shop room. This is great, man. I might just do a little video for this. Yeah, you go for it. Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. This room at sunset, the, the whole skyline is just like really, really cool red and it lights up the room. If you wake up in here with a hangover, you don't want like bright yellow and, and, no, oh, red God, and no. stuff all over the wall. This is our interior designing with Mysterious L. Here, I, I thought the black is, is the bit that, that gives it the energy. Mm. You know, the black is the bit that makes the statement. And then the other greens are just kind of easy on the eye. Smart call, smart call. Yeah, because colors, you know, they invoke so much emotion. I wouldn't want to wake up in a, a blue room. I'd be depressed as hell, you know? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Green, <laughs> neutral. Like I said before, we're in room 405, a really awesome corner room. And do you want to tell us a little bit about the insane stats about it? Because I know about it, but yeah. I want the listeners to kind of be like mind blown because there was a ton of work, probably just as much, maybe even not more than the murals. More, way more. There are 105 rooms here, but because some of them are doubles or suites, etc., ends up being 158 walls. Each wall is a different size. There are 21 different room types. Honestly, no two rooms are the same. I had this smart idea early on, and I should never have said this out loud, but I said, wouldn't it be cool to do each room different wouldn't it <laughs> and the, everyone said yeah great idea Al and then it was too late every single wallpaper is unique mm. every design is different we were doing all this in the middle of a pandemic as well yeah so there were only a certain amount of us allowed on site mm. we had to socially distance from each other the air freight for the very specific paper stock that I wanted went up 10 times. Just even getting the right paper stock 
in the country was really difficult. But we just don't tell anyone about that. Of course not. They come here, they see the pretty pictures. They just and think, like, oh, oh easy. that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> as much as a lot of my stuff looks like a joke, mm. I'm passionate about what I do and I really care. It's very important to me and I take it very seriously. Mm. But some, you know, people look at it and it, you know, they might just think it's just like a big goofy face. Mm. But actually it's taken me a long time to get to the point where <laughs> it's, it's, it's perfectly goofy. And I know it's not very mysterious, right? <laughs> but, but I like people seeing behind the curtain because there's a lot of work and energy that goes into everything that I do. Thanks for joining us on our journey through the world of street art. An even bigger thank you to you. Thank you for having me. All links to everything we mentioned will be in the description. Keep an eye on Mysterious Owl, check out his socials, check out his website, stalk the crap out of him online. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you next time. And so...